this edition of our Industries at Work COVID-19 podcast series, we are back in healthcare. This time, the Council's Director of Market Intelligence, Katie Oberkirker, talks with Cindy Van Asten, Partner and Director of Employee Benefits in the Green Bay Market at M3 Insurance, Chris Halverson, Risk Management Sales Director and Director of Disaster Response and Recovery at M3, and Chris Waleski, President and CEO at Bellin Health, which is an integrated healthcare delivery system serving Northeast Wisconsin. The group discusses prioritizing physical and mental well-being for these frontline essential workers, including the crucial role of psychological PPE. They discuss the rise of telemedicine, including its value and its risks, and what true coordinated care should look like. And finally, they review the potential litigation in the healthcare sector coming as a result of the pandemic. This quick but valuable conversation is definitely worth a listen. Thank you all for joining me today. Yes, glad to be here, Katie. Happy to be part of it. So Chris W., I think you have a really important perspective to offer here at Bell and Health. You've had a bird's eye view and understanding how multiple layers of risk are converging right now and how that impacts your business and your people. And Cindy and Chris at M3, I think from a brokerage and consultancy perspective, you've really risen to the occasion to, to meet clients like Chris at that vantage point to help them navigate multiple changing risks during this time. And so really excited to have all of you on here today. Chris W., let me start with you. Um, I know you had HHS Secretary Azar tour one of your facilities earlier this summer and, and talked about how a lot of procedures, colonoscopies, mammograms, and also primary care visits um, were falling. And you talked about how important it is not to wait out this crisis. Um, so if new policies, new practices were instated to allow for more seamless, coordinated care moving forward, what would that look like from your perspective? Well, for me, the, the first on my list would be loosening of the rules around telemedicine because telemedicine created such an important access point through um, the sort of COVID shutdown. And without it, I think that the statistics that Secretary Azar uh, talked about would have um, been worse and would have um, ultimately created, I think, a more detrimental impact on health. So that would be number one on my list. The other are just, you know, the sort of tasky things that don't produce a lot of value and take provider time away from patient care. So prior authorizations, as an example, when when prior authorizations are granted 99% of the time and physicians are having to get on the phone, make a call, and then wait for a call back, there's a lot of uh, wasted time in that process with very little to no productive value-added results coming out of it. So that I think would be another one. And then I think the third would be any programs that are geared towards shifting us from a fee-for-service payment model to a value-based payment model because through that value-based payment model, coordination of care is incentivized and encouraged and it creates the win-win-win for everybody. It's the win for 
uh, the health system because we're getting rid of a lot of those tasky kinds of things. It's a win for the patient because they're uh, getting better coordinated care, their experience is better. And it's uh, a win for the payer because they're paying for value instead of sort of this kind of ring the bell um, transactional type of healthcare that exists in a fee-for-service model. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, I think care coordination is is a really important point to highlight. And you touched on it in a couple of different ways. And I think telemedicine is actually a big part of that. Um, and I think a lot of times telemedicine is used as really a front door to care. Um, but that is all part of the the care coordination process and understanding where the patient is on, on their journey. Um, let me switch gears here to, and Cindy would love your perspective here as well. How have you worked together to prioritize employee physical and mental well-being right now? Well, I, this is Cindy. Chris, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll jump in from an M3 perspective and being a partner with Bellin, um, particularly in this geographic area. Um, Bellin's rise to telemedicine and pushing that out to all of their service lines has been tremendous uh, and efficient for community members. But I would also say the opportunity to access into primary care and uh, physical therapy, urgent care, access, doing some work direct with employer and creating opportunity to remove those barriers. Um, where Chris mentioned earlier, what's the transactional stuff? Getting people to the right care at the right time in a really efficient manner. And we've been able to work with the local employers and adopt that into their um, benefit offerings to employees to create that access in. Thanks, Cindy. Chris, M M3, Chris, <laughs> let, me, let me ask you about some of the potential future litigation we might see coming out of the healthcare sector as being one of those emerging exposures that have been brought on by COVID. Have you worked with clients to adjust their coverages in any way during this time? Has that been a point of concern? Yeah, it certainly has, especially when you look at the frequencies of exposures in the, in the healthcare community, you know, especially specifically when you think of, you know, cyber liability and, and with COVID-19 and social distancing, it's, it's become a challenge of, you know, employees um, working remotely and the exposures of, you know, PHI information, how that can be um, exposed um, throughout the, the industry. So that's one of the, the items that, you know, is, is in front and center to really evaluate that coverage. So one, if, if, if a healthcare facility doesn't have it, recommend to, to really reinforce it as well as evaluate where coverages are at in the event of a, of a cyber breach. Additionally, when you think about, you know, the workers' compensation exposures, metal, medical malpractice, um, managed uh, uh, errors and omissions of managed care. Those are some things to always have key considerations of evaluating where the coverage is at today and how that can change in the future with frequency of claims. Um, you know, with the additional item that's a non-insurable risk that we're really seeing in the healthcare community 
is um, federal investigations. OSHA is a good example of really evaluating are the healthcare facilities doing a proper risk assessments, social distancing, the, the, the challenges of um, reduced PPE uh, supplies and really ensuring that each healthcare facility does proper documentation of, of, of PPE inventory and really evaluating burn rights to ensure that proper PPE is available to reduce down any type of general, general liability exposures as well if, if uh, a patient comes in to get treated are the, the healthcare providers providing adequate uh, protection. Those are just some of the, the, the common things that we're seeing today. Thanks, Chris, that's helpful. And, you know, it just, back to my initial point about how there are so many different layers of risk here, when you think about you want to be aware of how to improve care coordination for your patients and you want to understand on the other side of that the health of your business. Um, so Chris, during this time, I mean, what's it been like to try to navigate those different tensions um, from your perspective at a, at a healthcare system? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think that, you, you know, you think a lot about the general population and the stress and the anxiety and all of the concerns that they have about this pandemic, what it means to themselves, to their families, to their businesses. But for healthcare workers, it's all of that. And how do we take care of people with COVID-19? And how do we take care of all of our other patients who um, have ongoing healthcare needs? So I think sometimes, you know, when they say healthcare heroes, these people are true heroes. You know, they're, they're handling everything that everyone else is handling and then add on um, just the, the magnitude of the job that they have to do every day. And so for us, um, you know, we really spent a lot of time, not just on the the PPE that you hear about, the personal protective equipment, and making sure that from a supply chain standpoint, we are adequately sourcing and we have what we need. But we've also taken on um, another kind of PPE, and I, I like this phrase that's been coined through the Institute for Healthcare Improvement called psychological PPE. And so I have felt that you know one of my jobs as a healthcare CEO is to tend to um, my staff with that in mind, their, their psychological um, protection as well through this because of that extra burden of stress that they're carrying. And so I think a couple of ways that, you know, we have tried to uh, make sure that we're doing an adequate job of that and, and making resources available is first through a lot of communication. Early on in, in the pandemic, I started having, um, at the end of every day, we called them connect with Chris calls and anyone could dial in or they could also listen to it recorded after. And I would, I made the commitment from the beginning that I would be very transparent with them and I would talk about um, our PPE supplies. I would talk about the number of patients that were in our hospital. I would talk about the testing that we were doing. Um, I would, you know, if they had questions, they could ask me questions and that we were going to go through this together 
and I was with them and I was there to try to ease any of the burdens that they had. Um, but every day they could count on at the end of the day, 20 to 30 minutes where I would just, you know, tell them what's going on um, in a very factual, truthful way and, and answer their questions. And I think that helped at least a lot of them have written to me and said that at the end of the day for them, that was sort of this decompression moment where they could just breathe and listening to me talk about what was going on in a calm kind of rational, logical fashion uh, made a big difference to them. And then I think the other thing is, is as a healthcare organization and one of the only ones in uh, northern, northern Wisconsin, northeastern Wisconsin, to have such a significant investment in mental health resources with our psychiatrists, our psychologists, our mental health therapists, um, they got on board with us right away and created videos and tips and tricks and mental health moments that uh, they shared both internally with our staff as well as out in the community and with our employer partners to try to help alleviate some of that anxiety and that stress that comes along with the uncertainty of facing um, a pandemic. And we would also post on our um, internal intranet the links and the resources to um, many of the uh, things that we knew about out in, in the broader world as well as internally what we had available for our teams. And we broadened it also to include not just the typical emotional um, support that goes with sort of the mental health issues and, and anxiety and uncertainty, but also the financial issues. So we brought um, together some resources to help them with their financial planning and to answer their questions about, you know, can I defer my mortgage payment or my student loan payment? And so all of those things, um, as we started to get questions through the Connect with Chris calls, we'd bring those back to the team and say, let's add this to a frequently asked question kind of thing and let's put some resources out there to help with it. So just a variety of different ways that we tried to come at this psychological PPE issue. I like that psychological PPE. And I think, you know, mental health has become such an important part of the larger conversation around COVID. And it's especially hard hitting when you're talking about healthcare workers. And I think, you know, hearing that the first step was communication, it's just, you know, been important to meet employees where they are. But it also just speaks to how important the employer-employee relationship is right now. And especially when you're at a healthcare facility and, you know, you're, you're putting your lives at, at risk to some extent. Um, but you also want to make sure that you're caring for your patients um, with COVID. And those patients, let's say, with chronic conditions or other issues that are not related to COVID, um, so thank you, thank you for that. Let me ask Cindy one more question here. Are there any other emerging risks that you see on the horizon from your perspective at M3? We continue to, to want to be very conscious and aware of the cyber risk, like Chris had mentioned on the um, work comp property and casualty side. We believe that um, telehealth and mental health is going to continue to be very important. We think that consumer behavior uh, will change through this and that consumers will be um, think more about what and how they're using some of the services, particularly maybe how they're going into uh, emergency centers for non-emergent conditions and that telehealth will 
be a very long lasting effect of this pandemic overall. So we think that uh, while Zoom and virtual has been really prevalent and not going away, it's also caused people to step back in some case and um, think about some of the running that was done and the busyness in their life that could be handled virtually as well. So I think there's some positive out of that particular component that will have some long lasting effects as well. Yeah, absolutely. And the consumer behavior part is interesting too, because to your point, habits have changed right now. And, you know, it's been interesting to see how people have tried to access care and how they've just tried to slow down overall. Um, so thank you. Thank you for that. Well, Katie, my, one other comment might be that I think we're seeing employers look for new opportunities, how to re-engage their employee population into consumerism. And so the way they communicate and outreach and resources they provide, we see taking some change as well. And not necessarily for the bad, but re-engaging in a, in a different manner to pull people in and uh, be more effective and efficient in how they care for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Cindy. And thank you all, Chris, Chris, and Cindy. I really appreciate your time. Um, and your perspective. It was so helpful. Um, so thank you again. That was the Council's Katie Oberkirker and Cindy Van Asten, Partner and Director of Employee Benefits in the Green Bay Market at M3 Insurance, Chris Halverson, Risk Management Sales Director and Director of Disaster Response and Recovery at M3, and Chris Woleski, President and CEO at Bellin Health. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to check out the rest of our Industries at Work COVID-19 podcast series.